Entrepreneur on Fire 485. John Lee Dumas is here with your daily dose of inspiring entrepreneurs. Welcome to Entrepreneur on Fire and prepare to ignite. Besides fear and lack of confidence, design projects are what I see hold entrepreneurs back most. Luckily, 99designs can help. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services for free. You probably think a mobile app for your business is way out of your league, right? At Business Apps, there's zero programming knowledge needed. Visit businessapps.com. That's B-I-Z-N-E-S-S apps.com today. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Jamie Tardy. Jamie, are you prepared to ignite? Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Jamie has interviewed over 90 millionaires for her web show, Eventual Millionaire. She has been seen on CNN, MSN, Yahoo's homepage twice, Success Magazine, Kiplinger's Personal Finance, and many more. She published The Eventual Millionaire just yesterday on February 17th, and Fire Nation, get excited. Giving our listeners just a little overview, Jamie. So take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of what you have going on. Well, John and I went to high school together. (laughs) (laughs) That's true story. I know, right? Most people know that already. Uh, So yeah, I have a a web show online called The Eventual Millionaire. And then this new book that just came out is called The Eventual Millionaire. And it goes through not only how I paid off 70 grand in debt when I was able to quit my corporate job, but also how over 100 millionaires went through and started their own businesses too. And the fears and the failures and how they did it um, and the advice that they have. So that's a wrap up of the book. Well, Jamie, this book is long overdue. I am excited that you're finally releasing all of this wisdom you've been gathering with these 90 plus interviews with the world. I know Fire Nation is going to gobble it up. So let's really dive into the specifics of the book. But first, as you know, we always start Entrepreneur on Fire off with a success quote. So Jamie, take it away. So one of my most recent favorite success quotes is actually from Dan Martell. And I know you interviewed him, but he's also a millionaire that's been in the book. And um, I've interviewed him too. And I love his strategies. Um, And one of the quotes that he gave was, your dreams are on the other side of your fears. And I think that's true for everybody. And we just need to remember that. So we really love to drill down, Jamie, and just kind of see how you apply this success quote, this mantra to your lifestyle. Let's, Let's talk about that for a second. Well, I truly believe that getting uncomfortable is how you push through and get to your goals. Um, no, <laughs> Me personally, when I push through and do the stuff that I really don't want to do, I see the biggest successes. And so being able to push through and to know that it's just a fear and on the other side, if you can push through, you can get to those dreams that you want. It's happened in my life. It's happened in your life, John. Oh, it's right. happened in, in everybody that I've interviewed pretty much too. And so that's just why I need to make sure everybody sort of drills that in your brain, right? It's fears. They're normal, but getting past them and having the guts to push past them is what gives you what you want. Oh, guys, this is why Jamie is so good. So let's dive into specifics about the book, The Eventual Millionaire. I mean, I'm fired up to sit down, give it a read out here on my hammock that I have right here over the bay in San Diego. But we really want to focus on a couple key points that you and I chatted about pre-interview. And the first and foremost 
is a mentor. And to really dive into this, Jamie, I want to share a quick story that some of Fire Nation knows, some doesn't. But when I first had my aha moment, that light bulb went off to create a seven day a week show. I had no idea where to start. Fortunately, just because I had read some right books and taken some great advice, I knew I needed a mentor. And when I tried to picture a mentor, you were the first person that popped into my mind. I'd been listening to your podcast for a couple of years. I loved your style. I knew that you were in Maine, which was random because I was living in Maine. But that's basically all I knew about you. It was that you were in Maine. You were a great podcaster. So I reached out to you. I emailed you. I had no idea what that email was going to come to. Luckily, four hours later for me... The response came from you, very positive, saying, John, let's meet for coffee. We sat down at a Starbucks a couple days later. I poured my heart and my soul and my aspirations and my dreams on the table. You basically sat there and said, hey, John, you're crazy for thinking about doing a a seven-day-a-week podcast, but I love your passion. I will support you. Let's do this. We formed a mentor-mentee relationship. We found out a couple cool things about each other after the fact. One thing that you mentioned at the top of this interview is that we went to high school together. I had no idea. You had no idea when we first met. So that was just one of those small world things. But Jamie, it was such an amazing adventure for me having you as my mentor. The first task you gave me was, John, go down to Blog World, New York City, 2012. I'm speaking there. I'll introduce you to some movers and shakers in this online world. We'll get those first couple yeses for your interview, and that will start your train. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. We went down to New York City, got to hang out with Pat Flynn, Derek Halpern, Adam Baker, got my first few yeses, and then had the summer of fire under your guidance and was able to build up 40 interviews for my launch date on September 12th. Talk to Fire Nation, Jamie. Talk to us right now about the importance of finding a mentor and how to find a mentor. Well, first, I just have to say I'm blushing now, John. Thank you so much. (laughs) I really appreciate that. It's killer. And I love having clients of mine that just kick ass. I really, really appreciate that. Um, But but And you're a huge role model, right? I have people come to me all the time going like, I see what you did with John and I love it. And he's amazing and all that fun stuff too. So it's it's. Yeah, it's it's like I'm a proud parent. It's, I mean, I am a proud parent, but you're like, you know what I mean. I do. So the funny thing is, um, is I did some surveys on the millionaires because I really wanted to know. I know mentors really impacted me and a lot of the people that I know that are really successful, but I wanted to find out if they did. So when I surveyed them, actually over 50% of them had mentors. And a lot of the other ones that didn't said that they wish they did because it would have been a lot easier. And I think that's one of the pieces that people don't understand. It's not like you can't do it on your own. And a lot of the times when we first start our business, we're like, no, by the grit of the teeth, you know, I can do it no matter what. I don't need anyone's help, especially if they don't have a lot of support um, with friends and family in their life anyway. They think they can just do it all by themselves. But let me just say it's a thousand times easier if you walk up to someone and go, hey, you've done this before. How'd you do it? How do I do it? And then they give you advice way easier than you trying to try, you know, a hundred different different methods to see if it works. So I highly recommend a mentor. Um, I have mentors. I've had a lot of different mentors um, going through and it just makes it easier. And you have someone that you can sort of lean on and support, which is huge for especially people that are feel like they're going through it alone. Jamie, let's hear a story of one of your mentors. Like the experience that I had with you was obviously a 10 out of 10. Um, Maybe you've had some experiences that were great, maybe that were not so great. So choose one, choose a story, either side of the spectrum and share that with us. Well, let me just say this too. You never know what's going to turn out. 
right? So you can be like, oh my gosh, I want this person as my mentor. And then that doesn't really work out. And that's right. okay. I think every person has different mentors as they go through. So some mentors that I had at the beginning, I don't really have now. Um, and I have mentors for other things in my life, not just in business. And I think that's something that, that people need to know. It's not as though you latch onto one and you're like, okay, you're mine forever or anything <laughs> like that. Right. Um, but in general, one of the very first mentors I had, and the reason why I even thought about wanting a mentor, my husband's a performer and he had a mentor when he was 13 that taught him how to be a performer and juggle and do all this stuff. And he never had to get a real job. He always did that. So I remember looking at that going, that was awesome. And he taught you everything he knew and you helped him. And it was, it was just a really great relationship. So I didn't know if I could find it. Number one, like I was like, yeah, I hope this would work. Um, and it, and it, that my very, very first mentor really happened. Um, by chance. He was actually a competitor of mine in Maine. I was um, a coach and he was a business coach. And I remember going to him when I had very first started and going like, I mostly just wanted to check out my competition to tell you the truth. I was like, Ooh, let's see. He was like 60 or so years old. He'd sold a million dollar business before he, you know, he was a name in the entire community. And I was like, really nervous to like email him. Right. Um, and so he ended up just sending me an email back saying, I'd love to chat. Why don't you come over? Why don't we set up a, a time you can come to the office? And I was like, okay, don't really know what we're going to talk about, but all right. <laughs> um, and we ended up chatting for, I think, two or three hours. He gave me tons of advice because I was new to the community too. I had just moved moved there. And he's like, this should be your target market around here. I think you would be a really good fit. He was extremely helpful. And so I left. I was like, wow, that actually went pretty well. That was really cool. Uh, I sent him a thank you note. And the next day after he got the note, he sent me an email and said, you know, why don't we chat a little more? I've been looking for somebody um, to talk to in the practice and teach. Um, and I just wanted to chat about that with you. And so he had me in and he said, I was extremely impressed. I was thinking about, you know, helping someone that was older than you. Cause again, I was 24 at the time and I seriously looked like I was 17. <laughs> uh, so he's like, I assumed I would be, you know, working with someone who was like 35 or 40 and sort of had their uh, legs underneath them a little bit more, but he offered me, he's like, you know what? I would love to help you out. So I ended up working with him and helping him do computer stuff because I'm a big computer geek and that was not his forte. So I would work for him. He taught me everything I knew. Um, and at the time, it was just utterly amazing to be able to go in, see how he coached, see the changes he made in businesses and really make a huge difference. And I'm like, I wouldn't be where I am if I wasn't for him. Well, Jamie, one of our coaching sessions actually took place at that office you're talking about. And what's really important, I think, for Fire Nation to realize is that it's not always a one-way relationship. I mean, you briefly brushed over this when you told Fire Nation that you were helping him out with tech stuff. But I mean, I saw this firsthand. And that's where sometimes the mentee can become the mentor on certain aspects of that relationship. And for you, you were the person that was cutting edge with computers, understanding email marketing, website design, conversion, all of these different things where he didn't get it. You know, he knew the fundamentals of coaching business and imparted incredible amounts of wisdom upon you in those areas. But you were also very valuable to him. So what do you think? Can relationships be two-way oftentimes with a mentor-mentee? I think it needs to be two-way. I mean, I'm sure you get this all the time, John, people going, hey, will you mentor me for free and all this stuff? But the people <laughs> that I pay attention to is the people that go, hey, I could do this for you. 
I, you know, I'd love to learn, you know, behind the scenes or something like that. And I'm like, oh, hmm, that's interesting because I'm so busy and he is too, right? Everybody that's successful is super busy. They've got a lot of stuff going on. And while maybe they want to give back, it can be difficult to really take the time. And don't get me wrong, like it feels really good to give back and all that fun stuff too. But for them, they're like, okay, well, you know, maybe if you help me out, I can definitely <laughs> help you out. And so whenever I suggest, and in the book, there's actually templates. Right. Um, some of the millionaires gave, like Derek Sivers is like, okay, write an email that says this, 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 and this. <laughs> um, because what you really want to do is start building a relationship. It's not like you meet someone and you're like, hey, will you be my mentor? Like, that's not, that's asking for something at first. And we we all know, right? Everybody li- listening, give first. And that really makes a huge difference. So you want to really build that relationship beforehand. Because when I went to him, I was like, yeah, I will do whatever you need. A- anything <laughs> you want. I'll be a coffee girl. I don't care. <laughs> like, whatever, whatever I need to do to make this work and, and beneficial for you too. Because otherwise, even if you did get them to say yes, they might be like, well, I don't have time for that. And you don't want to start off on the wrong foot. You really want to be pushing forward, pushing them forward as much as you can so they can help push you forward too. Two quick stories, Fire Nation. About three months ago, I had a guy reach out to me. His name was Caleb Daniel. And he said, John, I'm 18 years old. Entrepreneur on Fire has inspired me to no end. I was going to go to college, go into massive debt, and not really even know what I wanted to do within college. But I know what I want to do right now, and that's be a videographer. Let me do this for you. As a thank you, let me create an amazing video for you that shares your story, the Entrepreneur on Fire journey. All I ask in return is that while we're doing this video shoot, which I'll do completely for free, that I get to pick your brain a little bit about you know, what you think I should be doing as an 18-year-old starting my own business as a videographer. So Kate and I flew him out to San Diego. He was based in North Carolina. We put him up for three days at a place right next to us. And for three days, we shot this video. And just as promised, he picked my brain and I gave him everything that I could as far as knowledge, skills, and help, information, and guidance. And That relationship was a win-win. I got three amazing videos, which are on my website now, sharing the Entrepreneur on Fire journey in an incredibly powerful and professional manner. And he got a ton of great knowledge, inspiration, and insight from me, who's gotten hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs to share their insights with me. So it was a total win-win. And then just a month after that, I got an email from another guy, very similar story. His name is Josh Rossi. And he said, John, I want to create some amazing photos of you. This is what I do. I do professional photography. So he came out for a day and we did some amazing shots. And if you go and look at the cover photos now on those professional videos, those are the videos, me stabbing a shark, this titled Fear. I mean, I'm actually on the beach speaking to my microphone, talking about fire. It's unbelievable, these photos. And it all came, Fire Nation, from people reaching out the way that Jamie suggests. So, Jamie, there's a quote in your book, or even maybe more of a chapter, where it's pretty much based around the premise that if you want to quit your day job, you need to look at your numbers. We all need to be millionaires. You'll need $2.4 million for retirement anyway. That's a powerful statement. Talk to Fire Nation about that. Definitely. So I think one of the things that we don't like to talk about is money. That's one of those things that we, you know, we put under the rug. Nobody talks about how much they make, which I think is huge <laughs> on why you and Pat, you know, put your numbers out online. Number one, you're really successful, so it looks really good. Right. Uh, a lot of people, if you aren't successful, don't really want to put your numbers out there because you're like, oh, that feels crappy. Uh, <laughs> But you know what I mean? So so the reason why we don't look at our numbers a lot of the times is because we don't want to know the truth. Like, oh my gosh, it might be a lot 
crappier than I think. And I mean, and I had to go through that with adding up and realizing I was in $70,000 in debt and realizing I couldn't quit my job because of the things that the choices that I made, I didn't sort of want to admit to them. But that's really the first step getting really, really honest and knowing what it looks like. Because most of the time, it's so much easier to just not worry about that and be like, well, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to make it make more money than I make in my regular day job. And that'll be enough. I don't recommend that at all. I recommend actually doing a budget, right? I know it's sort of a four letter word for people, but I love it. I (laughs) I did mine just the other day, right? No matter how much money I make, I will always do a budget because what I want to know is what the truth is. And the numbers tell me the truth. The truth hurts. Exactly. Right. And I really think you need to know that before you start moving forward. So find out how much you normally spend. Figure out what that magic number is. What's the least amount of expenses you can have so you can figure out when that quit date will be. Right. How soon I cared so much about when I could quit. And I didn't want to feel like I was just working forever. Right. So I picked a quit date. And I went through the numbers and I figured out, okay, if this all lines up the way I want it to, this will be my quit date, which was huge motivation just in general going, I maybe I can make it earlier. Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do this. It really got my creative sparks running anyway. But realizing to me, this was my personal story, but I needed to pay off that $70,000 before nice. I could ever quit my job. And so we did that first, which was hard and tough. And it talks about it in the book. Um, but exactly what we did on that side of the things. And then I was able to quit my job less than 16 months later, which was huge turning point for me just in general. Like you said, we need, <laughs> we all talk about uh, millionaires are like bigger or more important or, you know, better for some reason. And I used to put them on a pedestal too, to tell you the truth, especially I wanted to be a millionaire when I was like eight. Um, but looking at the, the age that I am, I actually just turned 32. I know I'm totally telling you everyone how old I am, but I just turned 32. <laughs> and and my family needs $2.4 million in retirement just to live at $50,000 a year then. So I have to be a millionaire just to retire okay, but I would like to be a millionaire earlier so I can enjoy it. And that's sort of a lot of the premise of eventual millionaire. I love that because you take the word million, which terrifies a lot of people. It's like this number that could never be attained. There's just way too many zeros. But then the way you break it down, Jamie, that even $2.4 million for retirement only equates to $50,000 of living on a yearly basis. I mean, that really brings people into reality. Maybe somebody listening right now is making $64,000 and they're living paycheck to paycheck. Well, you better believe that you're going to need that retirement income of that $50,000 a year to continue to go forward. So that $2.4 million for retirement needs to become a reality. And again, Jamie's book takes you through that. There's templates, sit down, get that quit date, Fire Nation. I love that word, quit date that Jamie uses. Then you can potentially set yourself up to do other adventures in life that we always are talking about here on Entrepreneur on Fire. And Jamie, one thing I really want to focus on now, because again, you've interviewed 90 plus millionaires and you're interviewing more all the time. You say that millionaires are in a lot of ways are just normal people and that again, there's no reason to be afraid of that number million and there's no reason to be daunted by potentially approaching millionaires as mentors, as people to look up to and to model after. Let's talk about starting a business the way that millionaires do, starting with a need that somebody is willing to pay for. Such a key word. Walk Fire Nation through that, through these things you've learned from millionaires as they've shared their journey. 
Yeah. One of the things I just have to say is, you know, millionaires make spelling mistakes. They, <laughs> they have, you know, issue, they have dyslexia, ADD, like any, they've been broke, homeless. Like they have all the excuses in the world too, just like everybody else. Everybody can come up with whatever excuse there is. Um, and to me, that doesn't matter. They're just normal people. Some of them are amazing. Some of them are like, ah, that's an interesting person. I mean, most of the people I interview are amazing. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but you know what I mean? Uh, it doesn't really matter. We don't need to put them on a pedestal. Like you said, all it is, is some extra zeros. They made some better choices. They actually invest in themselves and really push forward. And one of those things is in learning how to start a business. The people that I interview have businesses, right? I'm a business coach. I want to talk to the people how they started their business. And you read a book called The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas Stanley. And the bulk of the millionaires that he surveyed, and he surveyed, I think, thousands um, or business owners, Right. And to me, having the business and I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here. All your all your people, I think, agree with some of this anyway. Um, But having that business really gives you that freedom that you want to and the control that you need. So the way millionaires do it, what I really wanted to do, because there's books from millionaires, right? Like I'm a guru. I'm a millionaire. This is how I did it. But what I really wanted to do was talk to people that were in the trenches that weren't necessarily writing the books. Uh, that would tell me exactly how they did it. And then I wanted accumulation. I wanted a whole bunch of people. So that way I could sort of boil it all down and figure out if there was specific things that all of them were doing or most of them were doing in order to figure it out. Because don't get me wrong, one story is amazing. And I love being able to hear people's stories, but every story is different, right? Your story is going to be different. Even if a mentor tells you exactly step-by-step how to do it, your story is going to be a little bit different. So let's, let's boil it down and figure out what are those main steps because that's pretty much as, as close as we can get. What are those main steps that millionaires do? And the, the biggest problem I see, and don't get me wrong, I had this problem at the very beginning too, is that we go for an idea and we're like, that's a really good idea. And then we, you know, we're told to ask for feedback. So we ask friends and family and they're all like, that's a good idea because they don't want to tell you it's a bad idea. <laughs> uh, and I mean, this is this has actually happened uh, to me, but this is also um, what a lot of the millionaires that I've interviewed said, right? You go and you ask uh, your family member or friends. And I remember doing this way a long time ago. I was like, oh, do you think this is a really good idea? And they're like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Then I was told you should ask for them to pay for it. And then as soon as you ask that question, it's just like, well, you know, not for me, but, you know, it would be good for somebody else. That doesn't count. (laughs) That totally doesn't count. Right. And maybe they're not your target market. So you definitely have to work on that. But it's so funny because things are all good ideas. But if you can get somebody to actually pay you money for your idea or like jump over things to pay you money, right? Some of the millionaires like listening to their stories, the people that succeed the fastest are the ones that are already solving a need that is already out there that people would say yes to paying for in a heartbeat, right? Without necessarily knowing you or trusting you or anything like that. That's the easiest way, of course. And I I go through in the book three different ways that they find their ideas because I know that's the other thing that people get stuck on a lot. Huge. Right. Well, that's great. But how do I come up with these ideas? And then which idea is going to work out of those because it all seems like a guessing game. And so in the book, it goes through three different ways that millionaires have found their ideas. Um, Just one of them is they were in a, a day job doing something and then they took that skill 
and did it on their own and started doing it um, usually solo or sometimes they, they made it bigger at first. But that's definitely they know the need was already there because the other company was making money doing that same thing. So that's definitely one way. But there's a whole bunch of other other ways that they do it. And then once you have that idea or that list of ideas, because some people are like, well, I don't know exactly which one to choose. I have a whole bunch of technically million dollar ideas, but we don't know what to do. Then in the book, I have a whole thing on uh, testing it, right? And getting feedback, that validation process. And it's not just about your market, though. Um, definitely defining your market and figuring out who that is is really important and then asking them. But it's also to me, and I think to you too, about lifestyle. Yes. Right? Because if we don't ask ourselves, the eventual millionaire, and let me let me say what this is just in case uh, your people don't know, but an eventual millionaire is someone who has the goal to be a millionaire eventually, but they want to do it on their own terms. So they want to do it with an enjoyable life and enjoyable business. I don't want you to start a business that you hate, right? I want it to really go with who you are as a person and what your life is like. I like to, uh, in the book, I think I tell the story about if um, you want to start like an organic farm, but you hate waking up early, don't do that, right? (laughs) Like, of course, that's a no brainer, but we do things like that all the time because we think it'll bring in the money. And so what it does is it takes you through a process step by step with worksheets of going, okay, let's look at this idea. Is this a good idea? How much is it going to take for startup capital, right? A farm kind of costs a lot of money. So maybe that's not the one we pick outright, or maybe, you know, someone that would like to invest in you. And maybe that is a better idea, but we go through those specific steps. So we look at your lifestyle. We look at the target market. We look at who else is already out there. And I know this is sort of business 101, but I put it in a non-business 101 type of framework, right? Because I think, I mean, I didn't go to business school, but I've taken business classes. And to me, they were really boring, even when I took them, right? (laughs) So this, to me, is all about how we get what we want, right? How do we find the idea that will actually make money? What do I have to do to test it? What does it have to be in order for me to want to move forward on it? And those are the questions that I really took the time to ask people. So that way I knew and that way you guys know, too. So you don't have to recreate the wheel a thousand times over. I love not recreating the wheel. And Jamie, as we go into the home stretch, let's take a second to thank our partners. You know, the whole mobile explosion everyone's been talking about for like a couple of years now. Yeah, we all know it's true. More than ever, customers are using their cell phones to do everything from locating the best restaurant around to making major purchasing decisions. As business owners, this presents a huge opportunity. Oh, you're not a programmer? That's okay. We'll talk about that in a minute. What if I told you that, programming aside, you can become a provider of mobile apps for your customers today? If you're interested in the mobile app reseller space, but not necessarily big into programming, then you should check out business apps. At business apps, there's zero programming knowledge needed. Plus, they've created several highly customizable themes, giving you total brand control and enabling you to create apps for nearly every type of business from restaurants to realtors. Visit businessapps.com. That's B-I-Z-N-E-S-S apps.com today and start building your next app for free. There are several things that hold us back from becoming an entrepreneur. After doing over 450 interviews with today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs, I can tell you that by far, the number one thing holding people back is fear. 
Fear is followed by several other factors, lack of confidence, not knowing where to start. But in my personal experience, something that I see holding people back every single day from launching their podcast or website or business is design. Don't get me wrong. Design is very important for your business. Your design is oftentimes people's first impression of your business. It shouldn't be something that holds you back from launching that podcast or website. It's something that you can get started on today. At 99designs, you'll have several professional designs to choose from within just a few days of requesting your design. Visit 99designs.com slash fire to start your design project today and get a $99 power pack of services free. Fire Nation, Jamie Tardy is creating the roadmap for us. And Jamie, one golden nugget I want to pull out is that fact of having people not just say that it's a good idea, but actually physically take money out of their wallet and hand it over to you. That is the key part of this entire equation, Fire Nation. I listened to my audience. My audience said, John, how do you create a podcast? Teach me how to get ranked on iTunes. Teach me how to get other guests for an audience. So I knew that there were people that were out there that wanted these things. And I wanted to create this amazing community podcaster's paradise. But it would have taken an amazing amount of work. And it did take an amazing amount of work to create. So before I just spent months behind closed doors creating what people quote unquote said they wanted. I said, hey guys, this is what Podcasters Paradise is gonna be. Right now, this weekend only, you can get an early bird special, take out your wallets and pay for it. It will be almost double this by the time we launch a month and a half later, but will you pay for it now? This is something that we're in the process of creating. 35 people raised their hands, said, here's money right now. I want the early birth special. I want in when the, when these doors open. That told me, Jamie, that not only people think it's a good idea, but they're willing to pay money for it. And now here we sit, over 500 members in Podcasters Paradise, more people joining every week. It's a $997 price point. It's not cheap, but it would never have been created if I didn't have those first handful of people say, here's money. I'm willing to pay for it. And one trait that I want to talk about real quick, Jamie, and while I'm talking about this, I want you to think about one trait that you found defines millionaires. One of the many, but just let's talk about one um, in a second here with you. But one trait that I found with my guests on Entrepreneur on Fire, who the majority are not millionaires. A lot are, a lot aren't. It's definitely a mixture. But one trait that I found was the baby effect. And I talked about this on Pat Flynn's show where so many of my guests were saying that their inflection point where they went from one to 10 was when they started having a family that they needed to support. It took away the cloud of fear and everything that was holding them back, the imposter syndrome that was telling them they couldn't do it. That was all wiped away because now they had a mouth to feed. That baby effect was so real in so many of my guests, it became this defining trait. What's a defining trait that you're seeing in so many of your 90 plus millionaires that you've interviewed? I love the baby effect, especially because that's exactly what happened to me. Isn't I wanted true? to have a baby, and so I wanted to quit my job. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really it puts it outside of yourself, and I think that's one of the things that's extremely important, right? It's no longer about you and in your brain because we can so get stuck and lost in our own brain. And actually, that's one of the things I talk about: different habits of millionaires. And everybody asks me, "What's the secret sauce?" Right? Like, <laughs> what's the millionaire secret sauce? Right? And of course, they know that there isn't one. Right? The the people that are asking are usually smart enough to know that this one thing that I'm going to tell them isn't going to change them in in two seconds. But what it will do is set you up. So that way, when you're making decisions in the future, 
you'll make the right decisions, which will eventually help you along the way. And what that that specific trait that I really like to highlight is is very aligned with yours. It's called the no excuses approach. Ooh. Okay. And the the reason is, and don't get me wrong, they have excuses. Because <laughs> I do, you do, everybody's got excuses. Oh, yeah. But being able to recognize that it isn't an excuse and move past it anyway, it's also intertwined with the whole fear piece. We need to be able to recognize that and move forward anyway. The reason why the baby effect works so well is because they're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> you know, it's I got to do it anyway. Right. So, so they, they are, their excuses are sort of stripped away. Like, nice. oh, well, this baby's going to be coming. I mean, that's, <laughs> it worked for me anyway. I got pregnant. I was like, oh, shoot, I better pay off this debt really soon. And right? guess what? $70,000 later, gone. Exactly. My son, I mean, I, it was him, right? It was totally that, that piece outside of yourself that really made those no excuses um, push through, right? And, and a lot of the times, if you don't have the baby, you know, I don't want to have more babies, so I'm done with the baby <laughs> effect, right? But I still, but everybody still has excuses, even after they have a baby. And so one of the best things that you can do is recognize that they're excuses. That's the first step, right? There's other steps too, but the very first one is to even recognize. I don't have enough time, excuse, right? There's a great Lao Tzu quote, which I did, you know, another quote that I absolutely love is time is a created thing. To say that you don't have time means you don't want to. Okay. And now don't get me wrong. I have two small kids. I have a business. Everything's crazy. It feels you just very moved to Texas. I just moved to Texas. I have a book launch. Like people think I'm dumb, right? <laughs> Based <laughs> on how much stuff I have going on. But still, I, I never, I used to use that, that excuse all the time. And someone called me out on it. And I was like, hmm, you're very right. Also excuses, I don't have enough money. I don't know how, like all these are excuses. They are totally solvable. And you're stopping yourself because of them. When in reality, one of the one of the uh, key tips that I like to talk about um, is actually in the book. It's called reappraisal. And imagine yourself in the exact same situation, right? But instead of your head, you have let's say one of the millionaires' heads on, right? So so go through my site, pick somebody, watch watch one of the interviews, and then go. Okay, if they were me in my situation, what would they do? They would not have the same fears. They would not have the same mindset. They would be able to kick butt, most likely, on whatever those things that are stopping you right now. Reappraisal. I love that. It's actually therapists actually use it for if you're scared of spiders and all that other <laughs> other fun stuff. Um, but it, but it works in this in this way too. So whenever I get to a moment, because I use the same stuff, right? Whenever I get to a moment where I'm like, ha ha ha. <laughs> Right. Uh, and I mean, this happened with my book launch. I was like, oh, I don't want to contact them because they're busy and I'm not really sure. And I ended up chatting with uh, one of the millionaires and they're like, really? <laughs> like, All right, fine. I'm going to go do it now. Right. And so being able to sort of put that other viewpoint on your head, um, it changes, changes everything. If you guys love John, what would John do? Right. Not, not the word. WWJD. I know exactly. One of my clients has a, what would Jamie do? And I'm like, well, that's hilarious. I think that's great. (laughs) Uh, But it's just a question to ask yourself, right? Because I think that's really, really important for you to be able to start shifting that mindset. It's an action you can take because shifting your mindset is kind of squishy, right? You don't know, oh, I want to shift my mindset, but I don't really know how. But this is an action (laughs) you can actually take that will start shifting that, if that makes sense. Jamie, it makes total sense. And what I want you to do now in this home stretch, bring it home for us. Give Fire Nation a summation of The Eventual Millionaire, the book that was just published yesterday, why they should read it, where they can get it, and then we'll say goodbye. 
It is the manual that I wish I had when I paid off 70 grand in debt, quit a six-figure job, even though I was the breadwinner and my husband's a performer. Like, this did not exist um, before. And being able to bring it to light, to be able to go through all, I mean, thousands of pages of transcripts from millionaires directly from themselves, <laughs> that some are crazy, like creating rubber ducky celebrities called celebraducks to, you know, normal, <laughs> normal kind of stuff, but it's, it all runs the map. And it's really able to create a summation of those next steps. And the one thing that I have to say, and I think, I, I think I told you this, John, when, when we first started working together, but I do this with a lot of my clients. And you're going to hate me for this um, is I suggest people to not not take in so much input. Right. We're constantly taking in so much input that it's very, very difficult to do output. Right. Because we're so like, well, I might need to know this and I want to listen to that podcast. And there's this, this and this. So we don't take any action. What I would do if I were you to help right now this week is stop listening to everything just for a little while. Sure. Right. Keep listening to John. But, you know, <laughs> put, him on, put him on pause only when you're driving. I, exactly. That's actually what I said. I say only in the gym and only when driving, usually to my <laughs> clients. Um, but but pick that one thing, whether it's the eventual millionaire book or something else, pick one thing and do it. Don't ask other opinions. Don't go crazy. Just move forward and do that because you will see so much more progress by doing that one thing. Otherwise, you'll stop yourself and be like, well, I think this is a good idea. Well, this might be a good idea. Well, this, And we get all stuck in our brain. So pick that one thing that you are going to commit to that you know will make a huge difference and do it. Jamie, where can we find your book? If you go to theeventualmillionaire.com, there's not only a link to Amazon with the book, but you can also sign up to get the starter kit, which goes through every single worksheet that's in the book that you can go ahead and print out. So um, that mentor template is all, everything is all right in there. It definitely helps to have the book to be able to go through it all, but you can get it right now for free. Love it. Well, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to all of this great value that Jamie's been sharing all day at eofire.com. You can just click on the podcast tab because this interview is in the archives or just enter Jamie Tardy 2 because this is her second time on Entrepreneur on Fire in the search bar and her show notes page will pop right up. In Fire Nation, theeventualmillionaire.com. Go directly to the source. Get this book. Do that one thing. Take that one action. Have that one big accomplishment this week this day, whatever that may be, focus, and then let me know what you think. And Jamie, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, and experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Thanks for being an inspiration for everyone, too. Fire Nation, are you interested in creating your own podcast? If so, you should come check out our next live webinar for Podcasters Paradise. During the webinar, I talk about the strategies I've used to grow my podcast to over 450,000 unique downloads a month. Plus, I'll give you a sneak peek at the Podcasters Paradise community so you can decide if it's the right fit for you. Sign up today at podcastersparadise.com. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite.